0: The Angels 2014. The Angels world champions. And first pitch crushing. Welcome into another episode of Halos in the Infield with your host, Todd Fox and Fernando Mendes, who's not Todd Fox. (laughs) <laughs> exactly and we're here to talk about 2002 world series champions your anaheim angels of los angeles of western hemisphere not named under china it's communist regime but anyway we're talking about the angels now it's a 20th year anniversary believe it or not of this team winning the world series we would hope that there was peppered in one or two other titles but i digress we're here to talk about the season that was, if you missed the previous episode, we broke down the roster, the moves and everything that led from 2001 to 2002. So now in this week of reliving the history, we're going to talk about and break down the months that were 2002.
1: Yeah. So if any of us have any memories of what we're going through, I'll go ahead and throw them in there. Like I said, I mean, 2002, I was only seven years old. So I don't have a lot of the memories of like, oh, well, this is what happened in May. So that's probably going to be where Todd shines. (laughs) But I did take it upon myself to go through the months. I sent the records and everything of what that month played out to. Mm
0: -hmm. And we'll
1: just kind of tackle this month by month. And we'll go from there. We already talked a little bit about the rosters, the players who made up the 2002 Angels. So if you haven't already done so, go ahead and hop back in time. Check that episode and then
0: come here. There you go. So let's. How do you want to start this one off, Fernando? You want to break, you uh, want us to break down here the month of April on how it went, got started here?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So in April, the Angels had, I believe, their only month where they were under 500. They were 11 and 14 Mm -hmm. in the month of April. So what do you remember about the beginning of the 2002 uh, season yourself?
0: Uh back then I just remember not being too thrilled about the pitching so so to speak. Um I wasn't expecting this type of seasons that they actually had, but I was really hyped for the hitting. And out the gates, the very first game, Bartolo Colon versus Jared Washburn. It was a complete game by the Cleveland Indians win at, at uh uh at Cleveland or at home in Anaheim Stadium. They they lost six to nothing. Uh Bartolo, big sexy, shut him, shut him down. Um very disappointed in that first month of April because uh, they lo- they left a lot of uh, base runners on, and they were just routinely getting beat at one stretch of that month.
1: Yeah, they lost. Uh, they were shut out opening day, right mm-hmm.
0: uh, six six to zero. Yep, and then they ca- they came back the next night on the uh, and, and won seven to five before losing uh, six to five the following night. So they were one and two out the gates at home, and then they had to t- travel to Texas, Seattle, Oakland, um, teams that usually kick their butt, and then and they had Texas, Oakland, Seattle. So it was basically outside of playing the Indians. It was just all within division that first month, and the division took it to them for the most part.
1: Yeah, and they also had a six-game losing streak very early on. Within, like, the first 10 games, they were – they were losing like crazy, so I would only imagine people were like, "Oh, here we go again." Because prior to that, the Angels were not good for quite a while.
0: Yeah, they they uh, they got off to one of their roughest uh, patches in team history. They were six and fourteen, and I think a lot of a lot of you know fans up until just a couple of years ago always write off a bad April, and they're always like, "Well, two thousand two, we were six and fourteen. You can't emulate what that team did. You know, as we broke down the roster, the teams that went got off into bad Aprils that me and Fernando have been talking about, um, you know, where the Angels need to get off to a good April to get into a good mojo and stop playing from behind. They didn't have a roster like this one. And this one was magical for several reasons. And that's why they were able to get past that gaping hole in, in April and in and, and tough times later in the regular season. But the recent teams were again fans are like, oh, they were six and fourteen. They could they could bounce back it's always a detriment to any Angel team that hasn't made the postseason. You could just look back to their April and say, you know what? They really got off to a bad start. And towards the end of Socha's tenure, like that's what would happen. The Angels would not make the playoffs when they get off the slow starts.
1: Yeah, Roger Laws does it all the time. Whoa, never don't worry, guys. Hey, don't worry, guys. The Angels were six and twelve in two thousand two. And oh, they won the World Series. <laughs> But that was before Ari Moreno. Yeah, well, I uh, bought the Angels. And uh, don't worry, guys. We're going to win another championship because I got my scotch. (laughs) Oh, man. That's a a new addition, Todd. I'm going to call myself Farturo Mendezo.
0: <laughs> that's per- dude. All you need now is that glass with the the sh- the, the, the 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 noise of the uh, rocks, um, the yeah. ice going the back ice. and forth. Yeah, yeah, because right. that that's him, dude. That's him. We'll see if
1: we have it in the budget. Well, oh, sorry. We'll see if uh, we have it in the budget. <laughs> Odd box
0: <laughs> Oh man! Well, they started. <laughs>
1: think- oh, wait, real quick, real quick. Do you think Artie Moreno is like the kind of guy who like hits on everybody no matter what? Like he thought, uh, like, hey, you uh, foxy lady, how about you give me another uh, old fashioned?
0: He probably does. I think that I think there's a Frank McCourt type of uh, uh, dynamic with him, like where he can probably get away with he, what he wants to because he's so rich. And the wife he's is like, play. you know what? I'll I'll be on his arm during the game, but after the game, I've got my twenty year old boy toy you know to, pl- to play with. <laughs> so I think it's one right. of
1: those. <laughs> let's hope, uh, let's hope Artie, well actually you know what? Maybe we need RD to get canceled.
0: Yeah, that may maybe. I mean uh we need to find out if he's uh racist at all or I don't know. We'll we'll have to see.
1: Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I mean, we we to really pay his employees during pandemics. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's too bad and, that's not enough to get him fired, but anyway.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> we digress. <laughs> when nobody's here arguing that he's an amazing person.
0: Yes, yes
1: um okay Uh, anything else to add about april i mean i know that was a pretty uneventful month for the angels
0: um the only thing i'll say is that when they went to 6 and 14 they were shut out by seattle at seattle they turned it around by beating them by a touchdown the next night they went on to sweep toronto at home and then they went to cleveland and got retribution they swept them and before taking another and they they won uh nine out of ten basically so after being six and 14 um you know, they, they quickly turned it around and, and, and they were getting back to 500 really fast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had said in the past that I thought that they didn't get too hot till July. But I mean, they were hot after April. They never really cooled down.
0: Yeah, including they scored on the uh, last day of April uh, against Cleveland. They beat them 21 to two. So, yeah, and then they scored and then they beat them seven to two the next night and eight to nothing the next night. So they were averaging uh, during that winning streak about at least six runs a game. So they were doing really good. The
1: loss had five RBIs that day on uh, Tuesday, April 30th. Man. Let's see. uh, DeVannon had four RBIs, Spizo had three RBIs. Those guys alone were almost the entire offense.
0: Yeah, I mean Jeff DeBannon, dude. Um, that's another guy, uh a hero that played with them for with the Angels for a while. Um, you know, one of those one of those guys that you, you can't forget, you know. Like he was the one of those guys where you, you rooted for him to make the starting lineup when he did. You know.
1: Uh, Ortiz pitched a good game that day too. And then your boy Matt Wise came in for an inning at the very end.
0: There you go. He's like, I'm going to be coaching one day, and he did a good job.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm going to coach, maybe not about baseball, but
0: <laughs> yeah. And then there was a game too uh, against Cleveland. the ne- The next night, they won eight to nothing. Uh, Kevin Apier pitched a shutout. The bullpen did good, and they beat the former Angel Chuck Finley. So, and another former Angel man, uh, pitching coach Charlie uh, Nagy, he he was in there. He pitched an inning, gave up three runs. So. Uh, yeah, they were facing some, uh, you know, pretty tough. I mean, look, Cleveland's Cleveland's lineup wasn't what it was at the time, but you still had and you still had uh, Fryman. Uh, wait a minute, no, that lineup sucks. I was trying to give him some credit. But, I mean, old old Omar Vizquel, Uh Yeah, they they were missing a, a Albert Bell's and players like that. But uh, yeah, they they. But getting into uh, May, uh, what were your thoughts on May?
1: So in May, they were 19-7, and seven. so through May going into June, they finished that month with 30 wins and 21 losses.
0: That is really good, nine games. I mean, think about it, Fernando. How many times have we been like, hey, we just wish that they would be 500 at the end of April, and then they're sitting just two months into the season, nine games over. I mean, that's a good feeling, right, as a fan? What was
1: the last time that we could realistically say the Angels were that
0: good? 2014, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> no, not even 2014.
1: They didn't really pick up till about July, right?
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, they had a slow April and May. That's right. Yeah, and then yeah. June, they were kind of average. And yeah, you're right. Uh, well, I I
1: they really started. And then that's when, like, what was it, August when Garrett Richards got hurt?
0: I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's August or September, or he got hurt.
0: It was in Boston. I remember that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Running to first base. Mm-hmm. But that year, they had Matt Shoemaker, who at that time was a rookie of the year candidate.
0: Yeah, he was breaking out. He was pitching really good.
1: We never that's did a twenty fourteen roster deep dive, so we should. I, that's that's an episode for sure. We'll see how long the lockout lasts.
0: Yeah, we might have we might have plenty of deep dives to do if that's the case.
1: Yeah. Right. Oh, well, there you go. We broke we broke the wall on telling people that we we're recording this during the lockout. <laughs> Oops. Our bad.
0: <laughs> or or that's,
1: a post. that's what every podcast says when they definitely don't do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, we. we
1: out post.
0: Yeah, I'm all. Yeah, I'll get to that. No, I won't.
1: <laughs> yeah, like every, like almost every podcast has to do. They're like, oh, we'll edit that out. And like, not one time have I ever, <laughs> obviously, well, at least that I know of,
0: ever edited it out. So, exactly, exactly.
1: We're on a cut here at hitting.
0: <laughs> oh, I want to bring up one other game Um, uh, in, in the month of May. You know, as you mentioned, they were 19 and seven. They beat the Chicago White Sox at the Big A, 19 to nothing. Uh, They had an eight-run third inning, and they only allowed three hits. Um, Scott Schoenweiss, uh, that was only his second win amongst four losses, but he pitched uh, seven innings strong, no runs, and the Angels only gave up three hits and had 24 hits. (laughs) Brad
1: Brad Fulmer had a great game. Yeah,
0: he did. (laughs) And again, that's one, if you listen to the other episode um, that we had, we were talking a lot about how the Angels had, uh, you know, gotten finally a DH after years of literally striking out on DHs. Uh, Brad Fulmer seemed to really fit that club that year.
1: Yeah, GA had a good game. A lot, a lot of good, Adam Kennedy had a good game. I mean, Tim Salmon got in with the act with uh, two RBIs.
0: And I don't remember this guy, Julio Ramirez, but he had a nice game for the Angels too. I don't remember him.
1: No, I I do not.
0: But <laughs> three RBIs. Yeah, right. Not, not bad.
1: Um. Okay. So, let me see if there was any other impressive wins. I mean, what twelve to two against Kansas City? That's good. Mm-hmm. But I think compared to the other games we've seen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But but all in all, I mean, you finish. You finished the month at 30 and 21. I mean, that's not bad at all.
1: No, nothing to complain about there. And then June, 17 and 12. So yet another winning month. Mm -hmm. So after that, they entered July 47 and 33. Yes. (laughs) So.
0: And in that month it was it was it was the interleague games because back then it was like now they play mixture games all year you know like and it's not really hey we're having an interleague weekend back then it was everyone would play uh you know teams outside of their uh, their uh, their leagues and this year the the Angels had the Dodgers and then the NL Central so in that and that uh in that month they had uh the Cincinnati Reds the Pittsburgh Pirates and the St. Louis Cardinals Milwaukee Brewers and the Dodgers all rolled into this huge, long two week stretch, and they actually lost two of three to the Dodgers. Ooh. So that was that was pretty messed up. They lost that on the on the um, what he caught on the road, and then they lost two of three to the Cardinals. So they lost, uh, you know, you know that was that was a rough series right there. But they swept the Brewers, and they took two of three from the Pirates and two of three from the Reds.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm uh, looking in some of those games. Yeah, um, an interesting stretch of games, you know, it triggers you to see that they lost to the Dodgers, lost to the Cardinals, but they swim the Brewers.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I'm looking at one game right here where they lost to the Cardinals at Bush Stadium. Um, I th- was that the year Daryl Kyle died because he's slated right here as the winning pitcher um, against the Angels. It might have been the year that he passed. I want to see here. Yeah, he did die that year in his sleep in a hotel. Yeah. So, but that was one of his oh, final but... games. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Uh, it said he died in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. I think they were on the road, they were going to play the Cubs. Yeah. But this was, I think, a month or two before he passed away. But he pitched a gem against the Angels. They beat him, I think, six to two that day.
1: Yeah, yikes.
0: Yeah. He pitched- but there was
1: another series uh, at the end of June that they beat the Dodgers two of three.
0: Hmm. That that's the thing that you know, Angel fans will know. Dodger fans try to forget. The Angels usually, at worst, split the season series with the Dodgers. They usually always win it. That's why they have like I think like a fifteen games over five hundred record against the Dodgers. So they usually all, and it doesn't matter the records. Usually the Angels always just do good here in Anaheim, maybe take one of three there. Or if they're having a real good year, they'll take two of three at Chavez. It's rare when they sweep either side. So um yeah, I mean you can go back here to the 2002. The Angels
1: are winning seventy three to sixty three in the freeway season. Oh, it's extreme training. Okay, okay. Well, it's 10 games now because remember in 2020, I think we got our cheeks clapped by the Dodgers.
0: That's right. Yeah, they swept us. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: was twice or how many games was it in 2020? It was like six, wasn't it?
0: It was six, yeah. They took it to us. Um, I'll yeah. admit that. That was the only time I've ever seen them sweep us.
1: Well, 2020 didn't happen.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was pre-
1: pen, the memory pen
0: thing. That was practice, right?
1: Yeah, practice. <laughs>
0: Talking about practice.
1: Don't talk to me about practice.
0: <laughs> so again, they finished May strong. Uh, oh no, we're into June. Sorry. Yeah, you know, twenty-seven and
1: thirty-three through June. So going into July, they were sixteen and ten. So after July, that put them at sixty-three and forty-three. And I think July is when they really started to be considered contenders and not pretenders. I agree. You know, it happens all the time where a team gets hot. You know, they're they are hot through the first half. All star game rolls around. Oops, sorry, we we're just playing. We suck.
0: Yeah, and that, and that's the thing that scares Angels fans so much because you had the All Star game, and I think it was right after, and you had the threats of a shutdown mid season. And I went to the game right before the twelfth hour or the eleventh hour when baseball and the collective bargaining agreement. They they, uh, reestablished it. They were able not to avoid the lockout. And I remember going to that game, and they had to, over the PA system, have to announce several times, stop throwing things onto the field because the fans were booing. Because, again, the Angels were really hot at the time, and there was a vibe going around that this team might actually make the postseason. And they didn't want to see what happened in 94 with, like, the Expos and a lot of other teams that were on record paces. Matt Williams with the Giants. It all go to crap, so and and this is I even remember my dad saying, Boy, if they cancel this season, I've been through a lot, but if they cancel this season, I'm done because they actually look like they want to win this year, like he was so mad, you know, and uh and I was too, I An was angry like Papa Fox, yeah, he was super angry, so uh yeah, it was just the next night we found out that the baseball season would resume, so that was really happy days after that.
1: Yeah, clearly. I mean, it led to what up to this point is the only championship in our team's history. Hopefully we're listening to this in like five years laughing, but yeah, who
0: knows? exactly. But uh, but yeah, you mentioned it was it was another. Oh, go ahead.
1: oh I was going to say uh, from what it looks like, July didn't have too many eventful games in the sense of like blowouts. <clears throat> you know they didn't play any. You know of the abnormal teams. Everything's pretty straightforward here. You had your Orioles, your Rays, your Royals, your Twins, your Athletics, your Mariners, uh, A's again, and then Mariners to close out the month.
0: Yeah,
1: yep. Red Sox to close out the month.
0: And this should th- throw some fans back in the uh, what is it called the um, the way back machine a little bit. You had Aaron Seeley. Aaron Sealy pitched against the Dodgers and got a seven five victory. Nine innings allowed just three hits on five strikeouts. Aaron Seeley, and he was opposed by Ishii, and he and he was 11-4 and four at the time. He got lit up by the Angels five runs. Moda pitched Terry Mulholland, who had been around for a long time. Uh, their lineup was Rebello, uh Isturus, Mark Grizzalonic, Adrian Beltre, uh, I think Jordan, I forgot his first name, Brian Jordan, uh, Eric Caros, uh Ross, Sean Green, Paula Duca, Dave Roberts, the manager currently of the Dodgers. So that team uh, had faced the Angels, and Salmon went off in that game, three RBIs. Gloss had an RBI, Spezio with two. Um, yeah, so that was a nice victory against the Doyers uh, at Angel Stadium, 7 nothing.
1: That was for June, right?
0: Yeah. 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 And then, uh, yeah, so – like like you said, but go, them going sixteen and ten in July, I'm sorry, I got into june, but sixteen sorry. sixteen and ten in July, I thought was really good because again they played the central, they took you know they uh took on the Yankees, the Red sox went toe to toe with them and in some pretty close games, and uh you know took out Cleveland Detroit, um got some wins in Toronto again uh they were just on a roll, and to get twenty games over five hundred good God like we're we're happy when they're one or two games over 500
1: which happened a lot in 2021 <laughs> exactly but that's all that happened <laughs> <laughs> over 500 and then one or two games under 500
0: exactly so I mean it
1: sell off and then it was like 10 games under 500.
0: <laughs> yeah and this is a, this is the late July a stretch here into August where the Oakland A's just go on a ridiculous twenty-three game win streak or something like that. It's 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 in Moneyball. It's well documented, but people forget the Angels went I think eighteen and five in that stretch. So,
1: yeah, because uh, yeah, the Athletics were also dealing at this point, right? They went on to win the division. Obviously, it didn't mean anything because they didn't win anything. Exactly. But um, yeah, no, the Athletics were just as hot. So, you know, the Angels, nobody was paying attention to them at the time, right? They were mm-hmm. – I think that's kind of why they were able to play the underdogs the entire time. Yeah, yeah. You had – people were considering Oakland the underdogs because they weren't spending money. They had this new ideology called Moneyball, which, you know, people still use analytics today. Back then, it was still a new ideology. So everyone's paying attention to what Oakland's doing. Meanwhile, the Angels are almost just as hot, and people are like, who? Yeah, yeah. and still who?
0: Nationally, yeah. that team wasn't known. I think people kind of known or knew of um, Tim Salmon as being Mr. Angel. They didn't know their, your Troy Glosses, your Darren Erstads. They wouldn't know Garrett Anderson until he had that breakout 05 season. Um, so you basically had a bunch of misfits on this team, a bunch of homegrown guys, a bunch of guys who were traded over, and just they all meshed. And they just had a spectacular mid-July through August run, and yeah, like you said, they weren't going to catch Oakland, but who cares? It was all about then getting in the tournament. You don't have the tweaked playoff chances now where they try to hamper your wild cards. Back then, the wild card, it was just like winning a division, really. There was really no incentive to because you got, you know, okay, so you play the number one team. If you take them out, you're in the driver's seat. You know what I mean? Like you had the same amount of games to go at it. So it was actually – Worse for the team that that finished early because sometimes these teams like Oakland would win so many damn games, rest their guys through half of September. By the time the postseason starts, you're not in a seven-game series. You're in a best of five. So if you go down one early or, God forbid, two early, your back's really against the wall. So there was a lot of pressure on number one ranked teams, and Oakland fell prey to that. And the Angels were just able to be like, okay, no one thought we were supposed to be here, we, uh, but we did. And, and let's show the world, you know, and I think that's what their mentality was finishing out the rest of that season where everyone was like, oh, the Angels are, you know, they're going to choke. And I even was waiting for them to hit the fan, but they kept winning. They just kept winning.
1: I mean, that's one of the things. If you listen back to those interviews with, you know, uh, David Eckstein, they all talk about how, how they viewed themselves as underdogs, and they were, I mean, they were known for being the, the Disney team. They yeah. were known known. That's what they were known for, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like you said, they didn't have any big name stars. They didn't have a Mike Trout. You know, you can argue that that was Tim Salmon, but you know, let's be honest. If you went up to a hundred baseball fans in two thousand two, or you know what, I won't say baseball fans, a uh, hundred just average baseball fans. You know, the typical guys, the typical bros. You pick out you know, drinking the $15 Budweiser's out in the chorus light deck. You ask them, you know, outside of Anaheim, you know, let's say we're in Milwaukee to name like, oh, 100 players, you know, like Tim Salmon might not have been on too many of those lists. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't a huge name. So, you know, that's what the Angels were known for. They they weren't that, name, that big name team. They weren't a big market yet. They were still a small market back then.
0: I agree, and they were always looked at as a redheaded stepchild, and it's just, it's just funny they switched to red that particular year. Uh, yeah. My question to you, though, Fernando, is the way that things are now with launch angles and everyone wanting to hit home runs and three-run homers, if you look back on this squad, if you watch the DVDs or if you remember them playing or you've seen interviews of opposing players or pitchers that talk about that 2002 team, the one thing they did was – pepper the damn field with singles and doubles or stretching things out. Is that something to where as popular as the game has gotten over the years, Fernando, do you think a team can start that trend again? Or or do you think we'll see that again to where a team is just going to be going for hits and just doing, you know, station to station, taking that extra base? Do you think that could be back in in winning baseball again in major leagues?
1: You know, you can make this argument about any of the major sports. I mean, all sports are a copycat league, right? I mean, look at the NBA right now. Three-point shots are hot. Everybody shoots threes now. Yeah, you have know centers who are seven feet tall shooting threes. <laughs> you know, ten years ago, that really wasn't a thing. You know, yep. you drove to the basket. You you used your big man to drive to the basket. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, like I said, the three-point shots hot. Um, in uh, in uh, the NFL, like five years ago, like there was a giant revolution of mobile quarterbacks, right? Right around, you know, the Tim Tebow era, there was a lot of like college guys coming up who they were getting shots. They were getting opportunities. So, you know, it's a copycat league. Baseball is no different. Right now, launch angle is cool. Home runs are cool. You know, maybe some people would argue that home runs are saving baseball. I think it's more like the league letting kids play. That's yeah. saving baseball, not the home run. But, you know, we could talk about that some other time. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to take uh, some time. But I do think that we will go back to a small ball mentality. And going back to what you were saying about 2002, you know, how they would just spray the ball everywhere, that was a Mike Socia team. That was like the glory days of Mike Socha. That was the what Joe Madden was trying to do with the 1985 baseball, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that was, those were the days where small ball won games. Don't get me wrong. Small ball still wins games, but today's baseball is much different than the baseball you and I grew up with. I've said that a hundred times and you know, it's truer today than it ever has been, but uh, I think there will be a time where a team shifts enough. Mm-hmm. For maybe two or three other teams to follow along and be like, hey, you know what? We can't afford any mashers, but we can't afford guys who make contact, and then that slowly starts your transition again. You know, we don't have a lot of speed anymore in the game like we used to, so that's part of it.
0: I agree wholeheartedly with everything you said because I think that's what's missing. Like you don't have the Kenny Loftons, your Otis Nixon's, your you know your uh, Ricky Henderson's, guys like that that you know anchor the top of a lineup and that you know that damn if we're going to win today we got to keep those guys off the off the bases. And the Angels had Eckstein and they had Kennedy uh I remember Brad Fulmer would steal bases, Tim Salmon would take one here or there, Garrett Anderson would run. Um that team with the exception of maybe Gloss and a couple others they you know that didn't really run. They were runners, man, and 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 they they were just fun to freaking watch and I hope that part comes back to baseball because I think it's always exciting when guys steal bases, uh, hit and runs. A lot of that stuff is missing from the game. And like I'm I'm hoping that you're right with this coming back because speed is definitely something fun to watch. I'm getting tired of the launch angle. I think when we talked about the last episode, this, we were blown away by the batting averages, the on-base percentages that the Angels had. And That's because they, they sacrificed, hit the other way, uh, you know, and and didn't always have to be like, okay, I need a three-run homer right here. It's like, no, let me get on. The guy behind me will take care of business. And if you have that type of faith in your your teammates and your teammates have them, that faith in, in you and themselves, only good things can happen. And I think that's why the Angels were the way they were.
1: Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Homers are cool and all, but personally, I think it's much more exciting to see a guy on first base score from home on a hit and run in yes. a ball in the alley that's way more exciting to me than a home run i mean a home run's cool and i love the sound of the ball off the bat mm-hmm. but yeah man I, I perfectly execute a hit and run with the tag with the guy who barely beats out the tag at home <laughs> off a good throw that's so much more exciting to me because then you're on the edge of your seat and then when your guy scores you're like hell yeah woo you know when it's a home run you know you clap you cheer You know, you hear the song, oh, you know, the fireworks. That's cool and all, but I love the excitement of those small ball kind of plays. I love guys stealing bases. I love guys being aggressive. I like people uh, uh, advancing off of past balls. Like That's the kind of stuff that I think most hardcore baseball fans miss. And I hope that there is somewhat of a transition back towards those kind of days. I think it will happen. It'll just take some time.
0: I hope so, like you said, because I remember going to a game, they were playing Boston, and it was uh the Angels were up two to one, or they were down two to one in the eighth. And the pitcher, like you were saying, like um he goes to throw the first base, but he threw it into the outfield, in the right field. And both runners came around to uh the well the lead runner scored and to tie it up in the ninth inning and the place was going nuts. The Red Sox had to load the bases to, to set up a double play. And then it was just a weak flare that barely got over the second baseman's head that ended the game. And the place went nuts. It, I think, it, I think it went more nuts than uh, a, like a home run, a walk-off because it barely went over. I mean, everyone thought that the second baseman was going to get it on the jump and that the bases were going to remain loaded, but it, barely got over his glove and everyone was like oh, yeah you know and that's the kind of excitement that a single or a double or like you said a well placed hit can really do wonders for the game and, and and bring the excitement in because now it's like we're depending always on the home run whereas if we're getting the doubles down the line the you know the the crazy uh, suicide squeezes and stuff like that it's exciting
1: absolutely uh what one thing I'll say is um uh, 2017 Angels were playing the Dodgers. I was in my season seats in uh, 238 in right field there. Okay. And um, Cameron Maben struck out with bases loaded in the ninth inning. So he struck out, and I remember him kind of like bending over, like kind of like in defeat.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yasmini Grandal dropped the ball, kind of played patty cake with himself, threw the ball into left or into right field over the first baseman's head. <laughs> and the Eagles scored on a walk-off strikeout. And, yeah, same kind of thing, dude. The place was going ballistic. <laughs> yeah, because
0: no one expected that. That's that's the cool yeah. thing about baseball.
1: Yeah, you know? no, that's that's the thing. That's the one thing I love about baseball. I, You know, every other sport can dream all they want. But baseball, to me, will always be the best sport in the world because there's no clock. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In football, you can basically mail it in the last two minutes if you're up. You know what I mean? Kneel it, run it. With baseball, you can't do that. And that's in that specific play, it was just proof. You know, you were basically on a borrowed strike because the guy dropped strike two. So, yeah. you know, maybe didn't even make it a first. If it would have been a perfectly executed throw, I don't even think maybe it would have been out of the batter's box.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing, too. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I remember when the Angels were bad and Cal Ripken was breaking our hearts, setting the records against the Angels. And uh, there was a series over there in Camden where the Angels actually were taking it to them. They were like 15 to two in the ninth inning. The Orioles had got the first out and you're thinking, OK, two more outs, game's over. I actually started to go outside and play. I come back in, it's 15 to 12. The Orioles have the bases loaded, and if it wasn't for a, a nice play at shortstop to end the game, the Orioles might have tied it or or won it. So, I mean, that, that can happen too, you know, and it's I'm sure everyone has their story about walking out of a room thinking the game's over, and then you come back, and you're like, wait, they won or they we'll lost? They? Yeah, yeah. that's the cool thing about baseball.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... Uh, to tie it back, 63 and 43 through July, there were 20 games over. Mm-hmm. So in August, they were 18 11, which brings them to 81 and 54 through the month of August.
0: Wow, that's impressive. Very impressive.
1: Yeah. When was the last time that we can realistically say that the Angels were that hot in August? Yes. I mean, in August, uh, so they played the Yankees, won that series. Uh, oh, sorry, they split that series. My apologies. Mm-hmm had a single game against the Tigers obviously a makeup lost the series to the White sox uh won the series against the Blue Jays swept the Tigers won the series against the Indians lost the series to the Yankees again uh, split with the Red Sox uh won against the double Rays but that's when the double Rays were really bad
0: oh yeah they were terrible
1: and then to uh, end they won they swept the Orioles to end yeah. them. Um, not too many <laughs> excuse me, eventful wins there, uh, they had one win where it was what eleven to two, and that was against the white sox. That was probably the biggest blowout. um, I don't think they got killed in any game either that month
0: no they 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 pretty much did their thing. They were on a roll they were they were playing very consistent at this time,
1: yeah, nine to ten uh, losing to the Red Sox might be probably like the most eventful game. Let's see. So the Red Sox already had Johnny Damon. Uh, they had Nomar Garcia-Para back then. Wow. And they had Manny Ramirez, who got four RBIs that day. And then the Angels had uh, Palmiro, Erstad, Fulmer, Gloss, who had two RBIs, Spezio, and Kennedy. The rest of them, uh, those guys just got one RBI when Gloss just got and uh, Gloss got two. So, you know, they scored a lot of runs, but their pitching did not get it done that day. Ortiz had a bad game. He gave up four runs. Uh, Levine gave up two runs, and then Percival, uncharacteristically that season, gave up two runs as well.
0: I will say, though, about Ortiz, he was one of those guys that he could either be really good or really bad, and I think he got a lot of those wins that season because the offense would show up for him. The hitting would be really good for him. I think he benefited a lot on the the hitting because his ERA wasn't spectacular. Mm -hmm. And his career wouldn't be much after the 2002 season, but he was slated as the ace at one point because he was still knocking out the the dubs. Uh, but but yeah, I remember watching Ortiz. He was like one of those pitchers where you're like, okay, what is it going to be the good Ortiz today or is it going to be the bad Ortiz? So, so
1: it's the Andrew Heaney situation.
0: Yeah, it was. Except except I will say one thing about Ortiz though. Uh, he didn't walk too many guys, but he did give up the long ball a lot.
1: I don't did hear was Andrew Heaney's walks. Now that I bring that up, I don't know.
0: Oh, well, he walked a lot of guys because he would throw a lot of remember Heaney would Heaney would have like 90 pitches in like the fourth inning, you know, like or third inning. It was terrible.
1: Yeah, I, I know he gave up long balls like it was going out of style, like like he got paid for long balls sometimes. <laughs> but um his walks, I don't remember. Let's see.
0: I wonder what he's gonna do with the Dodgers this year, just to just to throw that out there. I wonder if he's gonna be anywhere good.
1: So he had 41 walks last year. He had 19 walks in 2020, 30 walks in 2019, 2018
0: and 45.
1: So, yeah. So he had yeah, a lot of walks.
0: He did throw a lot of pitches though. Good god. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. Um
0: okay, so then uh
1: September and September they were 18 and 9. Mhm which is insane. And they ended up the season with the 99 and 63 final record, but they didn't win the division. Yep. That of course was the Oakland A's who the A's obviously went on to win the world series, right?
0: Uh, No. (laughs) Yeah. They didn't go the first round. Uh, You look at their lineup at this time too. um, If you remember any of these guys, you had uh, Bobby Durham, who was a very uh, very good um, DH slash leadoff dude. You had Ellis. What was his first name here? Uh, Mark Ellis, who was very serviceable as a second baseman there. You had uh, Miguel Tejada in his prime. Uh, Eric Chavez in his prime. Jermaine Dye towards – he was still good, but not at his prime. David Justice not in his prime, but still good. You had Eric Burns, who was good, always an uh, Angel um, – killer cool. former yankee former angel um uh randy velarde uh you had long uh i think it's t uh terrence long who was a, a, a serviceable uh leadoff guy he got on and did some things and he had hernandez and then you had the you had the three-headed beast of um of uh, hudson Mulder and zito those those guys were a pain in the angel's ass all year and and everyone else's too i mean they had a Fairly decent rotation. Rotation that year.
1: I'm, l- I'm trying to look at their winning streak here. So they have a winning streak of what? I
0: think it was twenty three, wasn't it? No, 100. no, no. The Angels. Oh, the Angels.
1: I think they had like a ten game winning streak here in September. Yeah. From uh, the 29th of August to about to the 8th of September. The. They scored 70 runs
0: oh, in that stretch
1: of games. No, <laughs> yeah. so let's look at some of these scores. So, like I said, I have to split a little bit into August. So six to one, six to two, nine to zero, nine to three, ten to two, four to two, ten to one, six to three, four to two, and six to
0: two.
1: Seventy runs Wow! <laughs> during that stretch of games. That's that impressive. Is Bonkers. It's not even the fact that it's like a lot of runs. Like their pitching was pretty decent during that stretch, too.
0: Well, look at, at after September 9th, they lost to Oakland two to one. They went back on a, a six-game winning streak where they were pummeling people. They were scoring, they went five to five to two, six to five, seven to six, three to two, eight to six, thirteen to four. You know, <laughs> they were scoring runs, dude.
1: Yeah, it, the only little snag there that hit was against the Mariners and the Rangers.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
1: Four straight losses.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was towards the end. I think. They, I think they were just like at that time. I think they already had clinched a wild card, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I mean, this is. Uh, have
1: people up their feet or whatever, but.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was a wonderful season. You know that I remember. It was just I. That was the first time me as a fan watching the team the angels actually celebrating anything because you know again i started watching in 86 i thought i would see that in 95 it should have happened in 95 the collapse happened so i didn't get to see them celebrate a wild card birth or nothing so for them to celebrate yes it was in texas i think when they clinched it was just beautiful you know i I'm, for the first time in my life at that time i was like we're going to the playoffs we're going to the playoffs, you know? And, I mean,
1: the 2002 se- uh, season is kind of what started the glory days for the Angels fans, right?
0: Yeah. Because,
1: I mean, you had that year where obviously you won the World Series. And then after, shortly after, I know 03 was a bad season, but I mean, shortly after that, and then coincidentally right around when Artie first kind of took over um, and he really started to take control. I mean, they started to make those big signings in the form of Cologne and Guerrero, uh, the Angels were very relevant for the next, you know, half decade, half decade.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it was almost a decade. They were they were winning consistently, uh, you know, 80 to 90 games and sometimes more. So uh, that was a definite time, a great time to be an Angel fan. You know, you, you but you just look back and you're like, damn, they could just rattled off at least one more World Series. It would have made it, it would have made like, everything more legitimatized because I think whenever you have a team that only wins one world series or one title, they're always looked at as a one hit wonder. So you like to get that second one under your belt so that you're like, okay, you know, we, we did more than one. And that was the perfect stretch for them to get that second one. But unfortunately it didn't
1: happen. Yeah. And I think um, they had a, they had some chances there. I mean, 2009 was probably the, the biggest one, right? I mean, everyone yeah. talks about like the angels were, you know, picked by some people to make the World Series. And obviously, yeah. once you meet the dance, you never know what happens. 2005, they had a decent chance.
0: So I, you know, I still they, think they beat Chicago. They're going to sweep Houston. They were they were much anyone, – anyone in the AL was going to kill Houston. Houston was old. Uh, I just felt that they could have just got past the White Sox. There was their second title right there, right there.
1: Perhaps. Yeah, I mean, you know, they had – two legitimate chances there in 2005 and 2009. Like I said, 2009, I know a lot of people picked them to win the world series. Yep. Oh. You know, they were good. They were very good that year.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh,
1: you know, we, you, we could have, could have happened, should have happened, but you know, we know what happened with woulda could have. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's bittersweet to look back, but when you do look back at these rosters, you're like, Oh, I remember that guy. And I remember how fun it was to watch him at that year. And then, you kind of backtrack and you're like, all right, man, I'm really hoping that there's that optimism for this year to be like, okay, you know, we've seen what they've done in the off season through trades or through drafting. And you want to see that team return to glory again. And I think those are the glory years that maybe now we appreciate that back in the day, we kind of got a little too um, confident, overly confident. I think the last seven years have slapped us around a little bit to realize what we had at one point. So
1: yeah i mean we we didn't appreciate it back then but we
0: should have yes exactly we should have been a lot a lot more happier instead of because i know i was critical once we got that first title i'm like hey we gotta gotta do this again you know let's get this team together you know oh we only won we only won 95 games shame on you you know what i mean (laughs) you got you forgot yeah you forgot where we came from i think there's a lot of angel fans dude but
1: it's like a philadelphia sports
0: fan yeah
1: Man, like you always hear about Philly sports fans being like harsh. And then like I went to a 76ers game and like they were legitimately booing the players off the court because they lost by like 20, uh, 20 points. <laughs> it's <was> pretty funny. <laughs> well,
0: it's the same fan base that boos Santa. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, expect any less.
1: The- yeah, well, are going to get anything for Christmas. That's why.
0: <laughs> that's true.
1: All they got was Bryce Harper and overpriced jerseys.
0: <laughs> and those pinstri- pinstripes that Randy loves so much.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't get him started on pinstripes.
1: Do
0: not. Do not. Randy, triggered. Exactly. Uh,
1: do we have anything about to add about this season? Not about the playoffs. That's a whole other episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh I'll just say that there was a couple uh standouts I think I talked about on the roster that was kind of weird that they did not make the playoff roster. But I know Aaron Sealy had a little bit of an injury problem, but they never gave him a shot. Uh, he was always on the bench being the rah-rah guy. Uh, guys like Pote and lukashevich didn't really get their shot, or Al Levine, who pitched through the, through the seasons with the Angels but just did not get those postseason shots. So um, I'll say that. And then also the addition, I think, late in the year in September of getting Alex Ochoa, I thought he was awesome for relieving a guy like uh, Salmon, who they ha- he already had a lot of miles on his career in right field, so they would plug Ochoa in late in games in right field or in uh, left field for Anderson, and he always seemed to make really good plays. He was a good pinch runner, uh, not too much with a bat, but I, I liked the dude as uh, he was uh, Figgins before Figgins, and uh, I thought he did a real good job in the outfield. I thought he was a key addition, so that's that's one of the things I remember about late in the year, Alex, Alex the Ochoa.
1: So Figgins could run, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Figgins was mainly – he was brought in September 2, and I think he was added late to the playoff roster, and he did some things. But Alex Ochoa actually played more than Figgins that year. People forget about that. Yeah, no, I know. I, I did. <laughs> okay, you proved my point. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's my yeah, final Obviously, about. the
1: – the 2002 season uh, was a magical one for the angels and Mm -hmm. you know, the the roller coaster that led to the first and only championship in our history, uh, you know, proves to be timeless, right? I mean, that's why we can sit around and have these conversations where people sit back and remember where they were, you know, stories they've heard from others. And, you know, that's why it, it, it sucks for me. You know, like I said, I was seven. So a lot of these things I've, lived through videos and like you know dvds and youtube specials and things like that i don't remember much so it's cool to always hear these experiences from from fans that do remember because they were older
0: yeah yeah exactly so,
1: so it, yeah uh, hopefully hopefully we
0: can get the newer newer memories here coming up
1: yeah right god just make a playoff game just make a playoff game that's all i ask
0: <laughs> exactly but
1: All right. Well, anything before we wrap up this one?
0: Uh, yeah, just I'm looking forward to our postseason coverage. Um, you know, uh, talking about the Yankee series and what transpired in that first round for maybe both leagues, and then we'll maybe talk about uh, the clinching series against the Twins, and then the World Series is what I think everyone's waiting for. And what do we got in store for that? If you want to let them know and remind the fans again about the World Series stuff.
1: Yeah, so we're uh, hoping to do a live stream um, on uh, YouTube, uh, well, all of our social media networks, but so we can re-watch game six or game seven,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, we can just kind of come on. Uh, we kind of want to treat it like it's happening. So, you know, we'll try our very best to, like, you know, color commentate, like, if this is new stuff, like we don't know that is going to hit a home run or anything like that. Uh, I just feel like it'd be really, really cool to just kind of relive that hopefully you guys are uh, are, are going to enjoy everything that comes with this week mm-hmm. um i know we were talking about um you know obviously during every single one of these days it's going to be a different episode seven straight days of episodes you guys know that but if the morning of every single day it, it, we were talking about how cool it would be to come on Uh, Every morning and treat it like a morning news report, like of of one of the days of the World Series, you know, like game six, we'll pretend like it just happened. Like, oh, you know, Scott Spezio, you know, Troy Gloss, blah, 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 you know, Percival came in and shut the door. You know we want to treat it like it's really happening. So I think. All of that stuff combined is gonna try is gonna make this a really memorable week for all of us. So we can truly celebrate the season that was 2002. We're so excited to have you guys along for the journey. Uh, go ahead and tell your friends that this is happening. Tell them to look up Halos of the Infield. Uh, you guys know where to find us? Our podcast. You guys know where to find us on our social media. If you guys want to participate in those morning exercises and morning excitement of uh, covering the World Series. Uh, and yeah, we're just happy to have you guys here. And uh, make sure to check out Infield.com for everything from merchandise to Chinook Cedary, who is also sponsoring this episode. Make sure to check them out. And uh, yeah, make sure to check out the merchandise, Fast Times Are Under the Halo, a.k.a. Randy Yaz does a great job on our merchandise. We absolutely love him for that. Absolute best in the game.
0: I agree. Well said. And uh, yeah, catch that new website. It's going to be uh, excellent as we get into the season here. So, again, uh, for Todd Fox and Halos in the infield and the celebration of the 2002 World Series champion Anaheim Angels, this is Todd Fox along with Fernando Mendez. And give him your uh, outro, which is? Hello, There you go.